Hi, you guys want some cookies? Cookies? Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bob Castrone. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Dan. I feel like you're a little more distant tonight than usual. Oh! There's a distance between us. You get it? Because we are in different garages. That's the Wait, was that a reference to the 1995, 1999 live album, The Distance to Here? Yes, it was. That's what we're doing tonight. That is what we're doing tonight. Yes. The di- no, I guess it's not. Um, but yeah, we are doing it remote. We're in two different garages. I'm in Pasadena. You're in Culver City. And we have somebody else joining us via oh technology. How about that? It's been a while. It's been it's been a minute, uh, but we're happy to have him back. He's rocking his Arizona Cardinals cap. He's got his old Dylan poster in the background. It looks like he's in a garage, too. It's Jason Zumwalt. Welcome back to the show, Jay. And where is my garage? What city is my garage in, Dan? It is in La Crescenta. Hey, you got it. You got it. <laughs> What's up, Jay? How you been? I've been good, man. It's really good to see you guys. It's been way uh, too long. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, That's gross. Um, Jay, you and I have worked together for many years. I think this is the longest we've gone without being in the same room together. Yeah, mm. I think you're right. Jesus. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy to think, but I think you're absolutely right. I miss what you. Like also, what are you smelling like these days? Yeah. What so is going on, much man? worse. I started uh, eating dairy again against oh, no. my doctor's wishes <laughs> and uh, things have gone downhill. Was <laughs> that Chris Farley? <laughs> a little Chris uh, Farley yeah, worked into the repertoire. A little bit. My doctor has what you would call a weight problem. Miss that guy. <laughs> Jay's here. Because Kevin Farley wasn't getting the job done. Let's be honest. Nope. And Kevin Farley seems like a very nice guy. No, but, uh, but I do have the same hairline as Kevin Farley. So, <laughs> um, Jay, you have been, you know, you've been doing a good job. You've been taking this COVID-19 thing extremely seriously um, to the point where you are I think you could be deemed as a shut-in, essentially, right now. There's no access to the Zumwalt family right now. I, yeah. Uh, so it's great to be able to see you uh, via technology because this might be the only way we see Jay until they get the vaccine in, like, 2024. I would go a step further. I believe uh, Jason is pro-COVID, and he's actively rooting for the virus. Like, he is loving mm. this. That is my working theory right now. I can neither confirm or deny those accusations, Bob Castro. This is right uh, up your alley. You get to stay home and not, the poor not wife have yours. any obligations. This is perfect for you. Seriously, the only thing that I don't like about this situation is not being able to see you guys in person. Um, you've almost talked me into it a handful of times already. And and I'm, like like Dan said, I'm fucking strict because i'm 300 plus plus pounds i'm 44 years old i'm a corpse to this thing like covid like i look like the like thanksgiving day turkey smoking in the old warner brothers cartoons to covid dude it's just like like, we gotta get in there it's the wolf with like the fork and the knife (laughs) right Jay steps out the door of his house and like all the germs and microbes, there's a big target on Jay's body as he steps out the door. 
<laughs> One of them is like in an old zoot suit going, Ooga. <laughs> well, you know what, Jay, I want you to live forever. So, you know, this, this, well, as much as it stinks. Yeah. Bob and I have, you know, we, we, we've been strict in our own right, but also we were practicing something where our families get together um, and we, we kind of do it in a way that we ensure everything is cool. We wait a couple of weeks and uh, you know, it's been a way to yeah. really uh, to keep sanity and and we both have young boys and they they love to play with each other so we decided you kind of we had to introduce that because this has gone on so long now that i feel like if you don't if you don't do some of these things and everybody's different so jay you're doing a different path and that's fine too but for, for me and i think bob was in the same boat like we had to do something to open up the gates of society even in our own little way yeah we're we're like bubbling so like every two weeks thus far we've hung out once and then we go our separate ways. We uh, we make sure there's no uh, diseases passing back and forth. We've stopped sharing wives. We're like being very responsible. That's what you think. On. Oh, there's no way um, that Dan has stopped sharing your wife, Bob. There's no. <laughs> way. By the way, uh, let's not bury the lead. There's really important things going around the world right now. Bob Cash Jones been nominated for a Critics Choice Award. That that is not exactly correct. But that is, that's the Bob big storyline in America. Lego Masters got uh, two Critics' Choice nominations, one for uh, Best Reality Competition, and Will Arnett nominated for Best Toast. So we are very excited. But you've told me privately that you are that show, so I would think that by virtue of that statement, they are your nominations. That, well, that is a private statement, but this is a very public forum, so we got to keep that separate. All right. So You've told me the show is called Bob Castrone Presents Lego Masters. And I'm surprised you never fact-checked me on that, because that's very easy to disprove. It. It's very easy to disprove, but no, it's a, it's, a, it's a rare moment of excitement during this terrible time in humanity. So It is weird, right? Is cool, when though. something good happens and like... There's people in the streets and they're rioting and, and, you know, fighting for freedom and civil rights. And then, and then you get a critic's choice award nominee and you're like, you're like, yeah, yep. fuck you. <laughs> it's a little yep. weird. You need those little victories though, though, you know? You do, especially Definitely. now, now more than ever. So I can't wait to um, not go to the ceremonies that aren't going to happen. That would have been a really nice thing to celebrate. <laughs> that's, oh my oh, gosh, that's right. It, it, if there was a scenario where there, there was a ceremony, would you be able to take the wife and she'd put on the, the red dress and yeah, blah, 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 and away we go? Then, yeah, I would stop putting my wife in a red dress, first of all. But, nice um, slit up the side, <laughs> the right Wait, leg. Do you, you have one, do you have a dress picked out for my wife in case we ever go to an award <laughs> ceremony? It will show up at your door tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> take pictures. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this is fun. See, we're catching up. We're having fun together. Um, we are going to talk about Tom Petty, too. I mean, how fun oh is that? God. Because uh, Tom Petty is one of those guys. He's one of those uh, artists. Uh, God rest his soul that um, all three of us, uh, when we met each other, we all love Tom Petty. I, I feel like our love of Petty only grew when we got to California and I think I said this on the Springsteen Born in the USA podcast, which you should you, everybody should check out. But something that I that I learned living in both sides of the country that Springsteen sounds better in New York and New Jersey and Petty sounds better in California. And I, I remember us all living in the big house in Hollywood when we uh, moved out uh, in 2007, 2008 and um, having that that side yard, the side patio area. 
and just listening to Petty and sitting around the fire and getting drunk and hanging out with friends. And uh, those those are the good times. That's the good stuff right there. Yeah. Jesus. This this uh, this album, I expect this album to bring back a lot of memories of those days. Um, it, it First, I, I can't wait to get into it, but it has such a feeling. And uh, um, yeah, Petty, what, Petty loomed large in our life back then. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, we were, were doing wildflowers, of course. You, know, you say Springsteen, nineteen ninety four release. You say Springsteen, but Jason and I were definitely Dylan guys back in New York when uh, our friend Brian and myself were living on the Lower East Side. Jason was in Brooklyn. We were working together on a sketch comedy show called The Post Show, and Dylan was our guy to the point where the first big video we ever did was called No Direction Period. It was about Bob Dylan, and everything we did was kind of in that Dylan world. And then as time went on and we moved to California, we became bigger. I'm not going to say like we threw Dylan away, but we definitely moved over to the petty camp to the point where we redid one of our uh, skits and we got rid of Dylan and we replaced him with Tom Petty. That's how. That's right. Did we? I don't remember that. Was yeah. that one like well, in the, in the Tom Petty of pedophiles was originally the Bob Dylan of pedophiles. We had a sketch about <laughs> a uh, pedophile folk singer. <laughs> called Stuart Clifford Andrews, where he oh, wasn't right, a pedophile, right, but all of his songs were about it, you know, playing for the crowd. Right. And that was a uh, thing we did early on. And then when we we remade it for Super Deluxe, we turned him into Tom Petty. So I'm just saying, Tom Petty, that's an important part of Tom Petty's legacy. That's all. That sketch. Yeah, that that I would say that um, when you rank like the great things associated with his career, the pedophile comedy sketch, that it's one's like got to be... Yeah, it's uh, Free Fallen, The Wilburys, The Pedophile Sketch. Yeah, and then his death. Mm. Maybe. Which, which, let's give Tom Petty even more credit. The guy knew when to get out. He did. Holy shit. Yeah, him, Prince, David Bowie. This is complete a surprise to me but we have a special guest joining us we right do have now. a guest joining us tonight <laughs> what? What, what is happening right now what is happening <laughs> nikki glazer what hey, is what? happening what's up oh it's so good Was to the- see you Wait a second. Let me try to piece this together. Yeah. Bob was getting a little impatient about starting. Was it because he had glazer in his, his holster and wanted to get her on i love <laughs> this <laughs> Yeah, no, all of a sudden. Wow. How the, you doing, our, Nick? Yeah, this I'm is so wild. good now. Oh my god, you guys, I needed this so bad. I sensed How that, are you you guys? Know, I sensed that in the universe, and I texted Nikki today that the three of us were going to be in a in our separate garages talking about Tom Petty and asked her to join us, and uh it just worked out. So Here we got Nikki for the whole show, not just the cameo. Is that what I mean? Happening we'll right now? see. I gotta go to bed at some point. It, I'm two hours ahead of y'all, but um, I, I think yeah. I can make it. It's a All stream. Right, well, you got what 10 30 over there? Like, how are you possibly <laughs> gonna stay awake? <laughs> <laughs> I really uh, go to bed so damn earlier. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm so I'm so boring now. I just like I, there's nothing to stay up for anymore. I used to be like out doing stand up, but now I'm like. I go to bed at like nine thirty. I feel like uh, normal, right? Don't you guys yeah, go to bed? Say, at do, like you, a reasonable do you still time? do you still wake up at noon though? Is it still no? Is it depressing? No, but I'll take a I'll take a nap during the day. Um, but no, I wake up early and I go to bed early. Like it's all I'm I'm really um, can get used to this. I think I just might. I'm living with my parents. I don't know if you know that. 
living with my parents in St. Louis and I've been here since March 15th and I have no plans to leave. None. You've turned, you've turned your dad into a sex symbol. I know. Why is he so like hot? Why does yeah, my like, dad have like a better body than any man my age? It's really throwing off everything. No, you, you had an Instagram story recently and he was like shirtless. And I was like, God damn it. Nikki's dad is so much better looking than me. He doesn't do anything for it either. He doesn't work out, you guys. That's just like naturally what he looks like. It's really incredible. And honestly, we kind of have the same body. I have to be honest. I'm not like tooting my own horn by saying my dad is. I have like a dad bod. I have like a yeah, I don't think you're tooting your own bod. horn. Fucking no, like we we do have the same. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really it's really fucking me up. But um. Bob, I like the mustache. I really like this the, the hair and the mustache. That's a great look. It's staying. I think it's staying. Yeah. Is this a quarantine it's kind of a way thing? To What's that? Was it a quarantine thing? Is that how it started? Yeah, it was kind of a way to annoy my wife, and then it just kind of stuck. She into it now? She's really into it, which is weird. She hasn't is she, really? she hasn't made any she hasn't made any comments about like the kissing or like any area of kissing. Like that that's that's a turnoff for some women. When it gets no. that big time up there, no, I in think the she likes area. it. And I, th I think at this point, I'm. Just I think you just realized you haven't kissed your wife in four months. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we Wait, just stumbled on the kiss. When you said kiss, stumbled on that. <laughs> what do you so mean kiss? How how are the divorce? What is it like to be going through a divorce during COVID? Well, you grow a mustache. <laughs> kind of the first step. Yeah, the, um, I think women are into it. And yeah, I mean, it does hurt and you get like chafed, but that's when you're like making out a ton, like in early on in a relationship. Right. That's when you're getting like the the the, the burn on your face from it. But like yeah, a no, pack here and there, you're not getting any damage. When we get in each other's face and yell at each other, sometimes it gets a little too close to comfort. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> you guys get real close for that. Is that intimacy? I don't know. <laughs> so wait, so, so Nikki, you have been at your parents' place in it was it outside St. Louis or in Missouri somewhere, right? Um, in, that, yeah, in the suburbs of St. Louis. Yeah, in so the suburbs for Louis, how yeah. for how long? Three months. Yeah, yeah man, it's coming up on three months here. It's like and, and it, you're not leaving anytime soon. It's just like and you're doing this. You're doing the serious XM show from the parents' house, and everything I is was, but then my contract was up April like thirtieth, oh, and so my show it ended, and um. And now it's over and now I'm just doing a podcast and I'm doing different shows. I'm trying to like, I'm, you know, I'm just scrambling to have a career because the, when I didn't have TV shows or whatever going on, I always was like, well, I could just do stand up. And now it's like, Oh shit. Like the one thing I thought I had always had to fall back on. So um, I'm like getting ready to pitch a reality show. I might stay in St. Louis if I sell that because the whole show is like based upon like, me living at home with my parents and like move like so I, i'm just trying to sell a show here just so i can stay because i do like it here but it, you can't stay in is, St. Louis. is it hot dad the tv show <laughs> yeah, <gonna> I'm in. <laughs> he's going to be uh yeah he's going to be in it a lot i actually yesterday or two days ago i was on a walk in my neighborhood and like I'm not even looking to, there's no guy activity. I'm on the apps. There's no one on Raya in St. Louis. Um, <laughs> Hinge is just a wasteland. Everyone's, there's always a guy like hugging the Stanley Cup. Every single. <laughs> they love just, the blues. God. <laughs> every one of them just loves drinking and their mom and the Stanley Cup. And so um, 
I haven't made connections. And, and unfortunately, yeah, there's a lot of that. But it's like covert. They instead, this is what they do. They say they're Christian. Oh, that's, that's a joke, but it really is. Like you just see Christian, you're like, I know you voted in Trump 2020. <laughs> just write it. I, I, Christian I can't believe, code I can't, I can't believe terrible. Nelly, I can't believe Nelly didn't get the Raya invite. I have been looking for Nelly on there, but it's if there was one hockey player, I literally landed in St. Louis from LA because that's where I was right before this thing happened. And I pulled up Raya because I knew I was going to be here for at least a week or two. Can and, you tell people, Nikki, what oh, real yeah, quick, Raya? Raya, Raya is uh, R A Y A. It is the celebrity dating app. It's like it's supposed to be for artists or like creative types, but it's 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 just like. Uh, celebrities but it's not celebrities because it's like it's I, I used to call it DJs jumping off of yachts because it's just men displaying their wealth or their friends wealth in different pictures and a lot of photographers which guys we have to like put an at no more male photographers men should not be able to be fashion photographers it's just a way to meet models why didn't you guys become mm. photographers that's, I mean, why that's didn't a misstep Major misstep. We missed. I figured that out literally when when quarantine started, and I just started <laughs> following nothing but Insta hoes. Yeah, and and I was like, it's just this guy. It's like one guy who takes all these pictures of these big butts, and they love him, and they're always like leaning on him. Like that's always the picture they use on Raya is like you know Gigi Hadid will be like, they love you, like I'll never fuck you, but like I trust you, like seeing right. the side of my pussy. Uh, the guy's always a monster too. He's always oh. a terrible looking human nine yeah. times out of ten. Yeah, they're bad. Which again, we should have been on this. <laughs> you guys fit right in. Totally, um, totally missed opportunity. No, but there was a hockey player. There was a blues player on it, and um, honestly, he's like the hottest blues player there ever. The hot, hottest guy I have ever seen on Raya, and he just so happened to be the one guy in St. Louis. And we were gonna meet Red up. Hull? <laughs> I know. I know one member of the Blues in like Me my entire too. life. It's Brad. Hall. He retired twenty years ago. That's the only one I know too. That's so funny. <laughs> but um, it's not Brad Hall. No, it was this guy. He's like sixty. Forget his name now. But uh, we we started texting and we were gonna go on like a social distance hike. And then he was like, "I gotta go home to Canada to be with my mom." And then he was like, "I'll hit you up when I come back." And I think he's back because he did post on Instagram like, "I'm back, baby." I think he's back. I think he might be back. It was a picture of the arch and it said, I'm back. Like, <laughs> like, you know what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. So, Wait. but the other night, my dad totally, um, like, okay, so here's the story. I went on a walk in my neighborhood. I was on the phone just talking to my friend, walking my parents' dogs. I saw a hot guy in his front yard, like doing a workout in the front yard. And he looked like to be my age. And there's not many people my age and my parents' subdivision but i was like maybe he's visiting his parents or something or maybe he lives here with his babies and just everyone's married in st louis there's just no single people so i just kind of was like hey and he was like hey and i was like well we had a we at least he like acknowledged me that was hot i walked about i walked the loop and i came back around and i'm right in front of his house but like on the side i can't really i, I honestly forgot about him and all of a sudden this car like comes zooming past and like blows through the stop sign that I was next to. And I like screamed bloody murder after because I had just come from a Black Lives Matter protest. So I was used to being like just screaming, you know? So I was like, <laughs> hey buddy, hey, I go, there's a stop sign. There's a stop sign. Like I was screaming. And um, and then I just and then he go, blows up the hill, just like revs his engine. 
and um and I'm still screaming and then I just after I screamed I like turned and the guy the hot guy that was doing the workout was like feet from me and he was like Haha. I go I'm sorry that sorry that guy just like almost hit my dog which he didn't at all and he he goes no that was I like that was cool and I was like oh my god he kind of likes my style which that is my style just being just uh Insane. you know yeah truly thank you <laughs> thank you Jay and um <laughs> And then I walked back and I was still on the phone with my friend. So I was kind of like, do I talk to that guy? Cause he was like, yeah, people blow through here all the time. And I was like, yeah, it's crazy. And, and I was on the phone, so I like couldn't. And, I, and when I'm around guys that are hot, I lose all set. I, I can't, you guys clearly know what I'm talking. Like I'm, I can't talk right now. I, I can't <laughs> function when right. I'm trying to flirt. Like I just, I'm not good at it. I'm really awkward with boys I like. And this guy was just like shirtless and sweaty and like doing this awesome workout. Had a great body, couldn't really see his face, but who cares? So then I, um, I, I'm just like, yeah, bye. And I go and I, and I walk a street, a block home and I'm sitting out and he's a block away. And I'm like, I run inside, I ask my mom, I'm like, do you know who lives in that house? What the story is? And she's like, I don't know. And then, Do you know where my dress from the Alex Baldwin ro ro roast is? I'm just going to throw it on real quick and go back out there. How do my legs look? She's like, I sold it on eBay. And uh, so I'm on the front porch and I'm fuming because I'm like, Nikki, and I'm talking to my friend Anya and I'm like, I always do this. Like, I have a great opportunity. Like, that guy was just like, like a gift from God. Like, there has never been, there hasn't been one hot guy I've That's ever it. seen this. Yeah, that was it. That was my one chance and I blew it. And when's he going to be outside again? So Anya, my friend, is like, just go back. And I'm like, I can't go back. I already was circled by twice. It's like, it's too obvious. I can't go back. And I was like, she was like, maybe go for a bike ride. And I was like, he'll probably be done with his workout. Like, this sucks. And then my dad came home and I asked my dad about them. And he was like, I think some, I think older people live there. I don't know. And I was like, all right. So I, so I was like, dad, will you go back and will you, will you walk the dogs with me? And it'll look like I'm like showing you where the guy spat. Like I'll, I'll, I'll act like I'm like pointing out where the scene of the crime was with the car or whatever. <laughs> right. It was right. You know, so. Plus it would also be like, since your dad's so hot, maybe this guy would see you and get jealous back. Like, oh, wow. She's with somebody else. That's as good looking as me. <laughs> yes. got a sugar daddy. They have the same body though. So I'm, I know. I'm just going to assume like... they're not related. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the thing where you're supposed to look at the mom to see like how they're gonna age, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. check it out, dude. I'm gonna be pretty fit when I get be sixty. That's your, that's your future. She's like, I think you have this a little confused. <laughs> so, my, I'm like, Dad, come on, hurry. He's like, I gotta put the groceries away because he's coming home from the store. So I like pull my dad out. We walk back down the street. The guy is still out like a half hour later, still working out because he cares about his physique. I mean, that's too long to work out if you ask me. But he's still out there. And um, and my and he walks by and he goes, uh, you showed him where the guy was? And I was like, yeah, it was right here. Dad. Like, I'm acting like, who cares? Like, why would my dad even care? This is insane, Nikki. Yeah. And so then <laughs> I was too nervous to take it anywhere from there. I was just like, come on, dad, let's just keep walking. And then maybe we'll circle back and talk to him again. And my dad goes, so what is that a quarantine workout? What are you doing? And my dad like wing dad at me. Like he brought wing him dad. over. My dad, wing dad. That is the show. Wing dad. My dad brings him over <laughs> and the guy is like chatting my dad up. Like they're like hitting it off. I'm awkwardly saying like something here and there, bombing, bombing, like almost embarrassingly in front of my dad. <laughs> and um, and then the guy's like, Your dad's comparing like eight packs with the other guy. It's, it's just, you know. <laughs> Do you have serious radio? 
cut. That's exactly it. <laughs> you like to laugh. Like, yeah. So we, so we started walking. So then he started walking with us. He was like, I'll just join you guys and walk with you. So I had this hot guy walking with me. He mentions within a half a block that he's 25. And I was like, Ugh, okay. Cause I'm 36. It's just, it's not going to work. And I'm just trying to like, pull down my hat and like put my sunglasses bigger just so he can't tell, like <laughs> somehow make them covering more of my aged face. And, um, and then, uh, and then we, we walk back and uh, eventually the guy's like, what do you, what's your story? And my dad's like, she's a famous comedian and told them all the stuff that I've done. I'm like, Damn, stop, mm. but mention Conan. And so I'm like, <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and, and the guy's like, no way, are you serious? Like what, way to bury the lead. And, and, and he was like, wait, how could, I'll DM you. And so then we've been texting Ooh. ever since. He's, uh, he's all about it. He even asked me he, yesterday, he was like, wait, do you remember how old I said I was? Cause he goes, how old are you? And I was like 36. He was like, do you remember how old I said I was? And I was like uh, 25 and he was like, well, maybe you could teach me a thing or two with like a winky. And I'm like, I guarantee oh you I can't. Like uh, <laughs> I have no I have nothing to teach. And that's the problem with me being like, an, I don't have a problem with like hooking up with a 25 year old, but if they think that I'm going to like school them in some like kind of cougary way, they're so wrong. My skill set, like I, I'm, I'm probably worse than I was at 25. Like I, did you guys ever hook up with a younger girl or I mean an older woman when you were younger? Neither. Uh, yes. Really? No. <laughs> Yes, I did. You did, and, uh, I did. Yeah, I think I was twenty-one and she was twenty-seven. So it was—that's mm. a big age difference, not really, but you're experience. Right, you're right. And, that, and at that age, that's a big gap. And she was like a New Yorker, like New Yorker. So like she was, she was living on the um, uh, East Village, and she had her own place. And it's so funny what was, you thought a twenty-seven-year-old was. New, yeah, New, well, yeah, a New York twenty. New York 27 is like an Arizona 44. Like she's been around. <laughs> she was hot, dude. She was hot. <laughs> but um, and she 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 uh she taught me some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What'd you learn? What'd you learn? What didn't you know? Uh she was my first booty call. And I was the booty call. Like I didn't I didn't know what that I didn't mm. know what that was. Like <laughs> at 2 a.m. she was like, come over. And I was like, okay, sure. And I went over and I was like, so what are we just gonna? watch tv and have some beer and she literally just lifted her skirt up and i was like oh that's what we're gonna do okay that was pretty taught you the ways of a woman is what happened yeah she uh yeah i really could boss this kid around and like get anything i want probably like what do you have to lose honestly nikki i don't understand like um if the from the standpoint of uh even giving it a chance uh as a relationship yes he's younger but he's worldly He's he's a is he a, a prominent <laughs> hockey player? Is he just no, hanging no, on or is he like a prominent player? You're combining you're combining the only two guy. hot guys in St. Louis. This is a guy that's thinking about going to nursing school in the fall. This is literally <laughs> lives at home with his parents. I think I know the first I know the first thing you could teach them. <laughs> <laughs> this is the graduate. That's what this is. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think you should fuck him. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, and just you know, see what I'm happens. Not, I'm not opposed to it. I get, I don't know what my just fear to kill is. some time. 
I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah, that's Does he true. have the antibodies? I'm not horny enough, I don't think. I need to get hornier, but it's hard to get horny when you're living with your parents, unless you're living with my dad. I was going to say. <laughs> then it's a problem. But do people on Raya put whether or not they have antibodies? Because that could be like the one thing that determines oh, yeah. what happens next. Um, I'm, I ain't scared. Yeah. But you're the I'm biggest scared. fish. Like you're the, this is, and Nikki, you're a beautiful woman and you, you live in New York and LA though, two giant centers yeah. of hot people. You are the biggest fish in this Raya pond right now. And I, I think know. you should take advantage of it. I like know. this is like your moment to shine. It's little, the world is your. Oyster. I tend to like to like, um, I like to convince people who are out of my league to date me. I don't like to be the one who's out of their league. Hmm. So yeah, this okay. is that's what I'm kind of but also a 20 if I can get a 25 year old that kind of is feels like almost out of my league but it is I don't think that he looks at it that way I'm like I'm so, like I said to him I was like you were in first grade when I was graduating from high school when you say it like that right. that's weird but isn't wow. that, yeah, isn't that empowering it. though as a as a prominent female celebrity it's empowering because you see men do it all the time <laughs> this is your chance to take it back well, i like this it, angle that's really good okay this is your chance yes. to clooney the situation you're yes. clooney okay okay or or dicaprio yeah yeah at least settled on someone who's like you know humanitarian and like age appropriate but and for not years it was nothing but models yeah yeah that's true that's true all right um, Nikki, yes, Nikki. So we Tom were Betty. just before you jumped. Yeah. But just before you jumped on, we were talking about the El Contento house and how Tom Petty was uh, the soundtrack of our house in, in Hollywood up in the hills there across from Lindsay Lohan. And uh, you were at the house many times as well. Uh, so when, when I do think of listening to Petty and being in L.A., uh, Nikki Glazer at the uh, 2270, think about that a lot. I like you mentioning that house. I, I don't think there's a time in my life that I'd want to go back to more than 2008. Was it mm -hmm. 2007, yeah. 2008, 2008, 2009, it, mostly just 2008. Eight. I was yeah. just so unhealthy. And like any picture of myself from that time, I just want to like put through a shredder. But like I <laughs> was the happiest I've ever been in my like that was the most that was peak fun for me, at least. And you guys were just, thank God you moved to LA when you did. That was so much goddamn fun. It was because you had just gotten there too, right? Right in that time yeah, frame where you yeah, had been like there. A year yeah. before, I was just there a little bit before you, but we just, all those nights staying up, just like listening to music and um, shooting sketches and just, the, just the world was our oyster. Like and the, the, everything, we were so naive. And I know it's so like cliche to even say that, but we really were just getting excited oh, remember, about things that were never going to pan out. I remember, uh, yeah, exactly. I remember us shooting a sketch. This was, I moved there um, the first Sunday in, or Monday. It was the Monday after the Super Bowl in 2008. Uh, so it was like February 3rd. And I remember not long after that, us shooting something where we had rented a limo and with the limo, we were just like driving through the hills, shooting something. And um, we were like just sitting in the limo, like drinking the beer. I was like, oh, OK, made it. This is it. You know, life is <laughs> successful now. Like this is my job. And this is this is exactly um, what I would have always wanted to do and not realized it. Uh, it was a little more complicated than that in reality, but 
it turns but out like you said nikki yeah like in the moment it was just very uh you know i don't know it was special it was, I, it was um, a, a moment in time it really it's it's something that i like long for and it makes me realize i need to be more present in those situations now when i'm having like so much fun with my friends because fun with your friends is like not something you get to have forever like real good you get it like once a year when you're like in your, I think in your forties, you get like one week, maybe collection, maybe seven days out of the year where you have like really true fun, but most of it's just hard. And back then we were just, it was fun every night. You just got to drink every night. And we didn't appreciate it. And that's the thing we that I think we didn't live in the moment. is so yeah. frustrating because God Heather, my wife was still in New York when I moved out to LA. So yeah. as much fun as I was having, it was like, Oh, I can't wait till she gets here. We could like be together again. So I wasn't, even though we were having these amazing nights and so many of them were just insane and fun, there was always like a part of me that was like, oh, I can't wait till the next thing. Yeah. And I think with what we do for a living, whether it's down at the NFL or stand up or writing, it's like you're always thinking about like what's next or what don't I have? And it's like Tom Petty is the perfect encapsulation for the post show house where we were just in it and we should have enjoyed it is even more than we did. And we definitely enjoyed it. <laughs> definitely. All right, so we're going to do the Wildflowers album from 1994. Nikki, you're welcome to stay on as long as you want. I know we're now we're edging toward midnight I'm sorry, in you guys. the I, suburbs I, of St. Louis, which is like, this in the suburbs of St. Louis. Here, so yeah, that's yeah. 11.08 is like 3.08 uh, <laughs> St. Louis suburbs time. So that nurse, has been, that nurse has been sleeping for like four hours. <laughs> Um, 25 so, it's like 13 hours a night you know <laughs> drinks warm mom milk. i'm tired leave me alone <laughs> so let's before we get to the album uh nikki do you want to stay on for a couple songs or do you want to jump off now it's totally no, up I'll to stay you. on for a couple songs okay Wait. let's let's start though when the album came out which was when bob oh i'm so not prepared put, it came out put him on the spot you did and i think uh let's say october 1994 Mm. what oh wow i thought it was oh wow okay and um and what, some, what was happening some, some other uh big albums came out that same month including nirvana's unplugged in new york oh yeah and that came out the same day Whoa. and uh big ones the aerosmith greatest hits with which i know uh jason's wife owned <laughs> And, oh yeah, uh, Jane, a big Aerosmith fan. Not, I don't know many like hardcore Aerosmith fans, really? and Jason's Jane wife is like... one of them. For years, she thought that Aerosmith <laughs> was like a local bar band in Boston. <laughs> she was like, I had no idea they were like a big band, and it's like they're like one of the biggest fucking rock bands of all time. Wait, she thought they were like Dropkick Murphys or something. <laughs> yeah, she had no idea they were national because her parents didn't let her watch MTV or anything. Oh, she was like. Uh, so they were just like this band is from Boston, and she was like, "Yay, I love Boston." Here for me. Yeah, no idea, sweet girl. It's exactly, that's exactly. That's perfect impression, right? That's November Jane. 1st. I thought she actually jumped on. <laughs> Anything else, uh, Bob? Sorry, November first, ninety-four. Uh, Crazy, sexy, cool also came out, and the number one uh, song in Australia when Tom Petty. Aus- wa- oh. Let's go to Australia. When and we I, have some uh, Australian. Wa- Listeners, so get excited yep. for this, uh, Aussies. This was their number one song, November 1st, 1994. <laughs> it is 12 o'clock and it's noon. 
Silver Chan. The most pedestrian lyrics of all time. <laughs> like it's li literally giving directions to like a shithole. And then like two, two of the lines are about the water coming from the sea. What if I told you? What if I told you though that the lyrics were written by like a 14-year-old? Because I makes think sense. they were 15 or 16 when this album came out. Oh wow. Just kind of crazy. That makes sense. All right, here's the Nikki, chorus. Here, here Nikki, Nikki's like 14. Is he single? All right, here we go. There's two things I know about the singer. I, I knew he was like 16 when this album came out, and then he had like bule bulimia, was it? He had an eating disorder as well, he which was, was I believe he was he, anorexic. He wrote about he on the next album. He had a song about it. Yeah. Oh. All right, here comes. Uh, I I believe this is the big hook of the song. If not, I give up. All right, give bad up. job. You missed it. I give up. Uh, you had your chance, Silverchair. But they were like the everything had to be compared to Nirvana in 1994, and they were oh. Australia's Nirvana. Like that's what we heard here in the U.S. They sound. I mean, Blind Melon was after this, right? Or was this? Or were they around the same time? Because to me, they sound a lot like Blind Melon. No, they were way grungier. They were really trying to be like. That sounds like a Nirvana knockoff band to me. But yeah. you know what? Like people in Australia, like I said, we have some listeners from Australia. They're gonna be pissed that I didn't play the part where he goes, "You're going way too fat, boy, fat boy." Go no tomorrow. That's like, a that's... really good impression. Thank you. Thank I you. don't know of what though. That is, that's like <laughs> I a neither, huge... but it sounded kind of familiar. <laughs> my dad. It was an impression <laughs> of my dad. It was a Mr. <laughs> Zumble. That was Mr. Zumble. <laughs> was that Dane again? That's <laughs> <laughs> bedroom talk. <laughs> um. So there you go, silver chair, and they they had a they had a nice little run there. Ultimately. They were cool. I thought that was a cool. I liked uh I liked that album cover. I, I they were like oh, a listening cool station band for me. Cover. Yeah. Where I was always like playing them at the listening station. I never bought the CD though. Sorry, Australia. Ouch. Shots fired. All right. So there you go. <laughs> no, that was sincere. That was a sincere apology. Silver, don't act nation. like you were like you were on the fence with Silver Chair. Like, yeah, I came so close and it just never happened. Never you got never me. cared about that band. You never thought about them for one second. <laughs> Shots You're just filling time. Tired. He's a, <laughs> a very polite, like and he's got the glasses on again. I feel bad for Bob now. Oh, oh no. Oh, That's a good look no. too, Bob. What's he looks like a cop behind you? Is that a is that a Peloton? No. No, no, it's a poor man's bike. Oh, okay. It's just a bike. <laughs> it's a bike. All right. Here we go. Let's get into it. It is the Tom Petty album to me. <laughs> that is greater than any other Tom Petty album. And I, I am I will fight on that hill. Here is the opening track, Wildflowers. You belong among the wildflowers You belong in a boat out at sea Sail away 
What a pretty, perfect, great way to start an album. And just, yeah, just like you're saying, it just makes you feel good. It like it hits you in the feels, as they say. Wildflowers. Yeah. I'm going to listen to that tomorrow on like a walk where I it's go traipsing just... for a hot dick in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> but I am going to listen to that. Hot dick. That should be the, uh, the name of your when name. When I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm trolling for hot young dick with my dad. <laughs> that was the name of Tom Petty's unfinished album before he died. <laughs> Trapsing uh, for hot, yeah. <laughs> <Durrits>? <laughs> yeah, they got, got a little dirtsy. Um, God, what a song! I, this was, is um, one of my favorite. Penny I mean, does songs. it ever pick it's, up? No, <laughs> no, it never does. does it it's really kind of like a table setter. <laughs> it doesn't ever pick up. It doesn't really. This is it. I mean, it's this great. It went, you know, it went from Nikki being like, "I'm gonna cry listening to this." Like, when does it get good? <laughs> Go for it. Get to the core. I just need more. You're like a record producer that's got a big cigar in your mouth. You're like, well, this ain't a hit. This won't play on the radio. See, is Rick Rubin on Raya? You can you can contact him and tell him. Fucking stand. <laughs> Uh, it is a good way to kind of like a gateway into talking about this album and that song, though, Nikki. Uh, so thank you uh, for that very rude commentary about Tom Petty because yeah. it, um, the whole the idea of the album was to kind of go back to the basics and strip down the sound and make it very sparse and very direct. And and the previous albums before this came out, uh, Jeff Lynn was the producer, and it was very like dressed up and highly produced and had all sorts of layers to it. And then Rick Rubin was like, as producer of the album was like, no, let's cut all that shit out. And it's not going to, these, this album's not going to sound like it came out in 1989. Like your last few albums, uh, this is going to sound like it could come out at any time. And that's true to me. This album could come out tomorrow and not sound dated. Yeah. And that's, that's why really I like this album. By the way, I love Rick Rubin. I think he's a genius, but that's literally his only move. <laughs> it's really? Just it's like, to just yeah. go, let's it's, strip it down? It, like, if he produced, like, your next, like, comedy album, he'd just be like, just fart noises. <laughs> just fart noises. <laughs> because he's heard them in every album this far, but he's like, no, no, really amplify. Like, bring it up. It's true, though, because he... The fart noises are his thing is, Yeah, fart noises, I feel like, are ready for a comeback, too. <laughs> you know, they think totally are. It's time for a big comeback for fart noises. Um, <laughs> but um, I think it's also like ties into the idea of he only kind of worked with huge artists, and when a huge artist became disillusioned with his sound and thought the the machine had dragged him down or her down, is like let me go find Rick Rubin to get my shit right. That's pretty good lane to be in. Ultimately, it's what the yeah. Strokes just did. 
Right. Was Rick Rubin the, the producer of that? Yes. No. It's a good yes. album. Rick Rubin produced the new Strokes album? Yes. What was the oh, album shit. that like Rick Rubin like broke Rip, Rick Rubin where everyone was like uh, that was his first like where he The Beastie Boys, album. right? Yeah, really? it was probably um licensed to ill is right. where Yeah, I think that was his name for himself. That's when he blew up for sure. Uh but he's done like a billion rec Oh, and also did um the Red Hot Chili Peppers album with Under the Bridge. Johnny Cash. Well, I just American almost started stuff. laughing because I wanted to make a Rick Rubin stutter. <laughs> <laughs> a Rick Rubin what? And when did he win, when did he win uh, American Idol? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rubin, oh, the Velvet Teddy Bear? Guys, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Not it's almost it's 11 20. It's almost 11.20 p.m. in St. Louis, it's, guys. Yeah, it's like 3 a.m. the next day in the suburbs of St. Louis right now. <laughs> I'm as far ahead as Australia, and I'm offended that Bob didn't appreciate the chair. <laughs> Man, I didn't. I was not expecting the Velvet Teddy Bear reference in a big spot. Ruben stuttered. Yeah. <laughs> that was right. This is going to sound bad, but this is going to sound bad, but is he still with us? I was going to ask the same thing. I don't know. I'm going to say no, just to be maybe on the right side of the story. Do I have to be on the right side? How is that the right side? (laughs) I said maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I have a heart attack. Much like Ruben probably did. Oh, no. I'm looking it up. I don't know why that would be the right side. Yes, he is alive for sure and playing a okay. local casino <laughs> <laughs> as soon as they reopen. Oh, man. No, he's doing all right, I'm sure. Yeah, he's well, we you're sure. anyone checking in? Yeah, he's alive. <laughs> okay, Wikipedia alive. tells me he's still with us. I don't know if he's on a record <laughs> label anymore, but I don't know if Rick Rubin's planning on working with the Velvet Teddy Bear, but he is still with us, and that is great. <laughs> Let's move on. How do you know who called him that? (laughs) (laughs) The Velvet Teddy Bear. Someone I used to see, but she don't give a damn for me. <laughs> well, let me get to the point. Let's roll another joint and turn the radio to laugh. I'm too alone to be proud, and you don't know how it you do not know how it feels tom petty and i believe this was the lead single on wildflowers um and uh, yeah. one of my favorites i love this song what do you guys think about this one i don't want to i don't want to make it weird but i have to go because you didn't play the version that record scratches over the word joint 
That was oh, oh yeah, that was, that was great. I'm so sorry you had to hear that, Bob. I heard it, and now I can't, I'll never be the I same. So great. we understand. I don't know how I can move on from these guys. I, I remember Bob this playing. Kids are gonna this was a this was a big hit um, on MTV when Bob and I were really bad soccer players for the Pearl River Pirates um, JV team, or was it the freshman team? I can't remember. Okay. And um, and we would come home from the first double session. It would be like at 8 a.m. And then we'd get our ass kicked all through the morning. And then you'd have to come back at 2 p.m. Things that have been outlawed by states across the country now because, like, guys are straight up dying uh, in high schools. But I remember that would be the part of the video where it'd be like, roll another twinge. Like, <laughs> you're just, like, bringing attention to the fact that now kids in the suburbs like me and Bob are going to want to find out what the fuck that was. Tunge, I want to know what tunge is. They did that all the time where they would go like, why should you want to go? Like, like, they'd be like, Jar Jar Binks talking. Over, that, what was that one song that was like... Um, uh, Nikki's on fire with her dated references right now. Ruben Stuttered and Jar Jar Binks in the past seven minutes. <laughs> but there was... Oh, there was that one song. I can't think of it now because there's music playing, but also who cares? But there was a song they did that too mercilessly, and you didn't even know what they were even trying to cover up because it was so. Was it Nine Inch Nails? No, it was that like. I want to fuck you like an animal. They were still doing that all the way up until like Eminem, I remember. And it was like the songs were unintelligible because every other word is a fucking curse word. Yeah, then you seek it out, and we had an internet to help us find it. Oh, God. These kids don't understand what it was like before the internet. I am trying to stop smoking weed. Oh, are you really? And um, and I like why now? Because now is like well, you do it. You can do it all the time. There's like no, and so I'm just like doing it all the time. And so I'm trying to stop. And I swear to God, hearing him say "roll a joint" or "roll another joint" just made me go like, "It's cool to do, and I should do it more to be an artist." It is. So it actually it would have helped me for that to be censored. It makes me nostalgic, although um, I'll admit it on this podcast, I've never rolled the joint. Yeah, I never have either, to be honest. Sam, really? Jay? You just pack another dirty pipe. I never rolled nice joints, but... I, I wrote Jay's plenty. Literally I wrote plenty. done everything. It was a, that was like a sneaky hot thing when somebody would be like, "Hey, uh, that's uh, that girl over there. She like rolls joints," and you'd be like, "Really? That's hot." Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, that's like a so cool hot. Thing. It it did show a, a level of worldliness that was undeniably attractive. Hey, so Wait, the B side. Okay, on the, the song I was trying yeah. to think of before I lose it. Yeah. Now his wife and his kids spend a song on a very for Hold on. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, Nick? This is her having a <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. Nick, having a stroke. Do they have a, an ambulance? He pulled up nearby? with poop and round up dead. Now his wife and his kids. Sublime. Oh, Everlast. Oh, Everlast. Yeah, Sublime. Yeah, Everlast. Everlast. Was that, that was Sublime? Oh, no. Sublime? It was, Everlast. Uh, it's Everlast. Everlast. Right? What was that right. song? Maybe you don't know what it's like. Yes. Sing the blues. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was yeah, one yeah, yeah. She called me a killer. Go, she called me a sinner. She called me a Yeah. Oh, you know like a who produced it was that? Whore, I think. <laughs> you? Rick Rubin? No. I believe so. I think it might have been. I think it might have been. Dr. Binks. Why? Wait, why was no other Everlast song ever big? Like, wasn't that the only that thing was on all the time. All the time. But yeah, they were all from that. Out of, out of, out of. 
Everlast got on a heater there. You know, Everlast got on a heater there for a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. And then he did Saturday Night Live, and we heard what he sounded like live, and it sounded fucking terrible. It sounded like this. He couldn't fucking (laughs) sing a song. His voice sounded exactly like this. It was terrible. (laughs) It was really bad. Jay, you just scared the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I wonder if they know that they sound bad live. Like, who's the worst person you've seen live? Third Eye Blind. Really? Oh, yeah. That's Bob Dylan. People say that a lot. Yeah. But I've seen him four times. Three times were great. But one Mm. time it was like he was hungover or sick or something. But he was just god awful and it was the first time i saw him so i was like well he's terrible and it's a shame i'm glad i got to see him but then like the other three times i saw him he was just a totally different person each time and the shows were fucking amazing one time he was like a guitar god it was bob dylan like whipping out solos and shit i was like who the fuck is this guy i have a similar story and it's also an artist who is um i would say everlast adjacent i saw post malone at the Super Bowl two years ago, and ironically enough, or I guess it's coincidentally enough, uh, coincidentally enough, he was opening for Aerosmith at this like show on Super Bowl like Friday night, and Post Malone absolutely brought the house down. He was really? fucking awesome, and he uh, played guitar and he rapped and he brought out like all his guys, and he was totally engaged. And like I remember after he opened for Aerosmith and after Post Malone got off the stage, everyone left, and nobody was there to watch Aerosmith, which would have broken Jane. Jane would have been like, what's Aerosmith doing at the Super Bowl? Shouldn't they be? (laughs) Who are they opening up for? (laughs) And then then this last February. Philly's pub down the black? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, um, This past February, I saw him again, and he was fucking completely either drunk or high or both out of his mind. And he did like four songs and barely it was lip syncing and could barely stand up. And that would, that was the worst performance I've ever seen. But I saw him the first time. I know he was talented, but then I saw him and I knew he was fucked up. Oh, yeah. Monster. <clears throat> By the way, oh, just yeah. for fun, just for fun. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yes. Wait, we got to listen for the, what <laughs> And you call me up. <laughs> Pull down his gauge. Well, that guy's hot. <laughs> For someone who would drop a store. It was so popular in the 90s to like tell a story and Oh. Yeah, he's kind of hot. He's hot, dude. He looks like Eminem and Dave Matthews combined. <laughs> Whoa. That's some high praise. You know, you have to be a certain type of guy to pull off the chin strap because usually you just look like a drug dealer when you have that. But he actually looks kind of like a a hot townie from Boston. Who's also a drug dealer. (laughs) He's underwater. Like squinting underwater. Right. He was in House of Pain. Did you know that, Nikki? Yeah, he was one of the guys in House of Pain, the jump around guys. No guy. This is his solo effort. And it was an effort. And they were, and they were also from Boston, which makes me wonder if um, Jane thought that Everlast ever got out of Massachusetts. Also, <laughs> do um do you think he regrets not going with the name Temporarily Last? 
<laughs> oh, you know. Just wondering. I don't know. Just to be more accurate. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. Hey, here's Pop, do you really? Go. All right. Here, I'm going to turn it off. Oh, wait, no, no. It's the next. It's the next okay. verse. Hey, Bob, oh, do you want to compare your house okay. to Everlast's house right now? <laughs> oh, here's not podcasting in a garage right now. <laughs> oh, this isn't the uncensored version. Or this this is the uncensored version. I think this is the part oh, it of the right. Jar Binks down. <laughs> this song was on the radio more than any other song in 1998. Yes. I really think it was. Oh, is that Jane again? So weird. <laughs> was that Jar Jar? Yeah. That was good. That's an awesome Jar Jar, bro. New York. All right. I can't believe uh, already, by the way, this Tom Petty album. I did not put all these songs together that they were all in the same album. If I can't believe how many hits. I, I'm predicting more. Like two of them. I know, but like yeah, that we're hard a lot. Two it's for two. Weird. We're two we're for an two. Hour in. The Everlast song right, was here we on, go. The Everlast song was on Wildflowers too. Weirdly. All right. Up next is a uh, another one of my favorites. Uh, this is time to move on. And let me say, there's like a whole genre of um, Tom Petty songs that became more poignant after he died, and this is one of them. Yeah. All right. Let's listen in. You guys can hear this, right? Mm-hmm. Great. It's time to move on. It's time to get going. What lies ahead, I have no way to know. But under my feet, baby, grass is going. It's time to move on. It's time to get going. Broken skyline, moving through the airport. She's an honest defector, conscientious objector. Our own protector. Yeah, broken skyline. Which way to love land? Which way to something better? Which way to forgiveness? Which way do I go? Yeah, it's time to move on. Time to get going. What lies ahead? I have no way of knowing. Time to move on thoughts gentlemen and lady i mean yeah. yeah it's 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 like whoa he died and he wrote a song that's like saying goodbye but he you could also have you know any time you die <laughs> there's always gonna be things of like <laughs> whoa they saw it coming you know what i mean Hey guys, it's I'm like he was writing about his own death. For his last words. <laughs> yeah, like he really just wrote a song that's like, I gotta go. I'm like about a, leaving a party. And now we're like, he knew he was gonna die. And it's like, well, don't we all? But yes, Bob, it is rather poignant. It was one of those songs where after he died. <laughs> yes, it was played a lot. Yes, and people would. Like, basically like, Bob, you're so simple minded. Like, here's how it really is. Uh, but yeah, Bob, that I get it. I get what you're saying. <laughs> no, that was great. <laughs> I don't think he wrote the song about dying in 1994, which, you know, was way before he actually died. It's not like Kurt Cobain writing, you know, I hate myself and I want to die and then killing himself like six months later. 
But I do right. think that Wait, those what? are lyrics. I never put that together. <laughs> those are. Li- <laughs> I didn't know Kirk Cobain was dead. <laughs> a lot of reveal, a lot of love reveal Magnifico is happening right now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right, yeah, sorry. years later, when he dies, that's the song where you're like, whoa, this is meaningful. That's the and song this- you play over like pictures of him in right. the tribute. Yes, it is beautiful. Yes. I, I Again, beautiful. another song. It, this is like, um, I can't believe how many of these songs I know. I thought I was going to come in here and be really like, uh, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't recognize anything. I thought I, it's, this is one of those bands, or Tom Petty's one of those ba- bands. I mean, I guess he was in a band, but like, one of those artists that you know so many more songs than you think you know. Did you ever go to existing. one of the concerts with us, Nick? No. You guys oh, went the, and saw him a bunch in the bowl? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? And, uh, dude, like, it's it was such a trip because I think um, the first time I went, I mean, I, I was a Tom Petty fan, but I just realized I was like, oh, I know every single word to every single one of these songs. And it's a like a two-and-a-half-hour concert. Wow. It was just his power as a as a songwriter was just fucking unparalleled. I'm so That's excited cool. about this. I'm so glad I popped into this because I'm seriously going to get back into this album. Like I'm looking forward to tomorrow more than I was before this because I'm going to listen to this album all day. It's going to be run. the. It's a good job. Yeah, we did yeah. our job then. All right, let's uh, keep moving. This is another single off the album. You wreck me. I forgot that this was on here. I can't believe another one I know. Nikki, beyond yeah. your dad being super hot, he also uh, plays the axe. He's also a great yeah. guitar player. Does he play any Tom Petty? Because that would be a great song for him to play. Yeah, dude, one he's of his played a ton gigs. of Tom Petty. That's I, and that's I realize any white man, that- any white man over fifty living in the suburbs that plays a guitar knows a. Uh, at least 14 petty songs yeah at least. No, my dad's a huge petty fan and that's what i just realized that's why i know all these songs because this album came out when i was and it reminds me of being in my parents volvo they like they had cds right when cds were big like they were always on the forefront of like whatever was cool and they were already that's how i know this album that's just I, and your I dad's a musician part. yeah right he performs all the yeah, time so- um yeah he's performing at uh nursing homes not anymore, but he's actually performing at a nursing home next week, and he's just going around the perimeter of the place and playing at windows. It's going to be very oh, sweet. Oh, that's cool. I know. That's Isn't that awesome. cute? So he's, he's hot he's and play the, the got song, a big heart. The, the Tom Petty, I'm going to die soon song, but he's going <laughs> to sing it. It's is he, going gonna gonna is he, is yeah. he wingmanning for you at the nursing home, too? Is he <laughs> 
I'm only now. <laughs> I'm only now. Get some of that. Uh, yeah, those nurses. May, December hot romance nurses. going on thing. <laughs> that February December romance going. Um, you know, Bob, the the dad pods, the band that you are uh, trying to get off the ground. Nikki's yeah. dad, as an established successful musician, maybe it's time to reach out to some people that can actually guide you on how to be at a successful, unsuccessful um, bar band. Well, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to announce this yet, but I think. It's now that we have, it's kind of weird doing it with an actual uh, successful stand up comedian uh, present. But I've decided in recent weeks, having grown this mustache, I'm putting the dad bods on hold. And I think I'm going to get back into stand up comedy because I have a mustache now. You have? I think, okay, yeah. I think I'm that's going to be my midlife crisis. That's going to be my midlife crisis. Dude, it's if you got be, back into stand up, Bob. Wait, Why not? Is, what do you have to lose? Is Gallagher is Gallagher and his brother both out? Because that would there would be an opening for you to come. I'm in going under the, Gallagher three. I've purchased his act. Gallagher <laughs> Trace <laughs> do the act in Spanish and smash burritos. The truly worst time to get back into a live performing profession. Like, <laughs> well, here's what I figure. I figure that this uh, COVID has wiped out the advantage you guys all had getting on stage every night. Dude. Everybody's going to be awkward when they get back on stage. You're so right. There we if, go. If anyone is listening to this, I'm telling you right now is truly the time to start comedy because it's only something you can be good at. Like you can be good, but you have you're only as good as like how much you're doing it. So mm -hmm. every stand-up comedian is terrible right now. Is yes. there th there in in three months? Imagine like an athlete not working out for three months. Like that is what you're gonna be. Like we'll get it back quicker than you will get it from a place of nowhere. But we're right. all, like, we all are out of shape right now, very badly. I, it, okay. I'm serious. I, I if now's the time to get into stand up because don't put these thoughts bad. in Bob's head, Nikki. No, I thought that was good yeah. advice for everybody else out there from uh, professional true. stand up, Nikki Glazer. Go do stand up, everybody. Get bring down, but, bring down these successful stand ups. <laughs> go do it. And if Bob, Bob is going to have the um, the twice warmed warmed over Gallagher act, um, Nikki, it does make me think because yes, we've all known each other for so long. Like I remember driving our buddy Brian's car uh, I and I would help you get to your stand-up gigs in like Burbank and all these shitty places. Yeah. Uh, I remember one time driving you to like a wine mixer where you were doing like 10 minutes or something. Oh, remember yeah, that? that was so <laughs> brutal, Dan. I and I was like, so all right. No, that was a terrible gig. Like everyone was standing and I was like standing in the middle of people standing. Oh, you That's had no chance. Worst. You had no oh, chance. And boy, it was... that was humiliating because I think we were like new friends. And I was like, I think you thought I was like impressive until that gig. And then I was like, no, <laughs> you see, like I, I'm, I'm bad. Oh, that was but there bad. was free there was free wine and cheese there. So I just, you know, while you were doing it, yes! I was getting drunk and eating cheese. Oh, so it wasn't really that bad. I remember that on my end. Wow. But I, I guess my, my point being that. Yeah, point being is like we knew you before you were like a A-list um stand-up comedian. Did you ever cross paths with either of the Gallagher's on your way up? <laughs> That's that whole story was just to get to a Gallagher. Just question. to get to that. Just to get to that. <laughs> You're the worst. Interview. Where is Gallagher <laughs> and how is he doing? I always remember that Mark Marin episode with Gallagher where he goes, yes. Oh, Gallagher, come on. Where he's like, come on, Gallagher. He's in Gallagher. So good. So, you know, answer the question. Um, no, I never, I've never met either of them. 
Uh, wait, were they two separate people or was he, did he just reinvent it? <laughs> <laughs> he just <laughs> the no answer is no. Moving on. You just play Nikki. No, God damn it! Said no <laughs> respect for the, the Gallagher Empire. I'm being no too loud. And my parents are right underneath here, and my mom works early, so I know I'm gonna hear shit in the morning. So I do have to go. But it's been okay. such a great ride. <laughs> I, know, laughed, I would... knew I needed this. I have laughed harder just now. <laughs> in this past hour than I have the whole quarantine. Like you guys, there's something about you three that makes that makes my stomach contract and when I laugh in a way that no one else can. And I just, I have to, and I say it every time I do your show, but like, I just, I fucking love you guys. You're the funny. I love you too. I know your fans already know this, too. but um, I really do love you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for yes, coming by. Thank you, Nikki. That was, yeah, that was really, uh, for help doing this. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, let's do it yeah, again. I'm really curious. Reach out. Before you go, okay, though, let's do it to, again. To be, go ahead, before Mark. you go, though, I mean, just to be completely clear, you don't know either Gallagher because <laughs> there's two of them. We're saying, you understand? What if this whole thing was just to get <laughs> there's Gallagher and there's Gallagher, too, his brother. They were brothers, same act, right? Right. What if, um, I, like, what, what if I wiretapped Bob and Nikki's call and like I, I've been like planning this for like however long you guys are in communication? Like this is my intro. This is my way to wiggle in and get this Gallagher question in. I just gotta serve him some papers. I'm gonna be honest. You know, I don't like these tough questions. Um, I didn't sign up for. All right, well, Nikki, uh, you came and you and you did the damn thing and you were dominant and uh, good luck with that 25 year old. Uh, what does he do again? Talk nurse machine. He's 25 year old. Yeah. 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 Machine. yeah. Um, just have fun with that. Be careful. And, uh, we hope to see you in person or on the road. And again, no, I have not. <laughs> That's all the matter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. Nikki Glazer. There she goes. That was a nice surprise. Bob. Awesome. Good job Thank Look you. what I did. I did something. Nailed it. That was one of your great achievements on this on the very day, Bob, that you were nominated for two Critics Choice Awards. Not, again, not me. Not Bob me. Castrone, two. All right, moving on. It's yet another song that Nikki Glaser would have known. Another single off Wildflowers. It's good to be king. And uh, let's listen in. Be key just for a while to be there in velvet, yeah, to give them a smile. It's good to get high, never come down. It's good to be king of your own little town. Yeah, the world. Let me say something, boys. Tom Petty was a lot of things. Good looking, good looking was not one of them. But I believe that this was the best looking version of Tom Petty. Wildflowers. He kind of had adopted a little bit of a grungy look. He had grown the beard uh, and he was dressing in a kind of a uh, 
contemporary way. And I feel like this was the most fuckable version of Tom Petty. And I wish Nikki was here because I'd love to get her thoughts on that uh, as a heterosexual woman. But that's my feeling as a straight man. Your thoughts? Yeah, Jason Zumwalt here. So close enough. <laughs> Jay? Way in. I think, uh, I, think, um, I think you're right. I think this was his... Uh, how Bob Dylan was like super hot and fuckable during Blood on the Tracks. I think this was his super hot and fuckable period. Um, you know, just those well, jeans. Not super, but you know, like, and there was a power about him. He was uh, he was an elder statesman at this point. Uh, yeah. He played music with Roy Orbison for God's sake. You know, he was untouchable at this point. He was um, just he just Emmett. He was literally a king at this point. I feel like um, he. Was, I think he was around forty-three or so when this album came out. Because so I think he was thirty-seven when the Wilburys broke in the late eighties. So he's he's approaching his mid-forties here. Uh, but the thing about Petty uh, is that he looked like he was forty when he was thirty. So he was able to kind of look exactly the same for about twenty-five years, which ends up it's it's not probably not so great when you're young. But then when you can just hold at that age for decades, that's kind of a, a trade-off that a lot of people are going to take. It's a good move. And he did the thing that, that we all do when we get to a point where we're just tired of chasing anything kind of physical. He just grew a beard. And he looked great. To, he looked great <laughs> then, you know? The beard was a good look. And what about this song? Do you guys like this one? I have Love to it. say that the this was never um, one of my favorite in terms of well-known Petty songs. This would be like the one that I would skip if, uh, if I was listening to a Greatest Hits. See, this was a song I, I didn't like in 94. This was a song I didn't like back in the 90s, back when this was on MTV, especially following You Don't Know How It Feels. This one didn't do much for me, but now, as a grown-ass adult, love it. Look, we've all been... I'm with you. I like it more now than I did then. Yeah. At one point in our lives, we've all been a king, right? Like, we've all had everything kind of going for us in, in, in one moment. We know exactly what he's talking about in this song. Plus... Put this song on during any sunset, and it's fucking perfect. So, what's going on with the microdosing, Jay? Where are we at? Oh, dude, I like I I um I still have a lot of it left. I stopped um not too long after I uh, talked with you guys about it because I realized I was like, I think I'm good. Like, I don't. I'm only going to use it if I'm feeling kind of cloudy or I feel like I need to. I need I need it. You know what I mean? I didn't want to abuse it. But uh, yeah, I still have a lot of it. If you guys want to try some, no, I'm good. But that that's, that's good to the water and fucking trip out on LSD, man. I see the look it in Bob's the... eyes. It sounds like he's ready for it. It is the cure for coronavirus. I hear. It, it, I see the look in Bob's mustache. He wants to try LSD. <laughs> you want to trip the light, fantastic mustache? <laughs> save a little, on put up. a little on, put a little on here. Save it for later. Exactly. I like the outro of this song, by the way. We kind of missed it, but um, it's a uh, good piece of music. As musicians, we could say that. And whereas most of the album is pretty direct, like we were talking about, the Rick Rubin style, this one has got some strings in it. He obviously, this was a song that he wanted to do something a little bit different with. And it's a good job by Tom Petty. Not one of my favorites, as I said, but got to respect it. If you don't respect Tom Petty, you're, you're just a piece of shit, basically. You know, that I feel like oh, is the absolutely. ultimate, ultimately where we're coming from, right? Straight up. Oh, 100%. Go fuck yourself. All right. Up next, Only a Broken Heart. Let's listen.
Petty slows it down here on Only a Broken Heart. I love it as a kind of like a middle of the album, not a single, but it's all of one piece. So it's another hit for me. What do you guys think? I remember getting a beer a lot when this song would come on. Um, not, not that I don't like it, but just that it kind of felt like the moment was like broken from, like you said, like it's a mid-album song. I don't want to call it mid-album filler because there's been plenty of times where this song alone kind of made me you know drift off you know uh in in my thoughts right. and whatnot really kind of dig on the vibe but but it does feel as a part of the album it's like okay time to go grab another beer you know what i mean well the first five tracks are to what you're saying jay wildflowers you don't know how hey. i feel time to move on you wreck me it's good to be king and that includes i think either three of the four or all four singles and uh, so, yeah, this is a natural kind of break point uh, to a palate cleanser, as they call it. I was going to say palate cleanser. And I feel like a lesser gotcha, artist, lesser artist would have just thrown a little instrumental here to just give you that break. But he's right. giving you a whole damn song. Who was putting and a I bunch was... of instrumentals? Was, was it the Beastie Boys that you guys were listening to? And they had a bunch of instrumentals and it kind of pissed yes. Dan off a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. even Tom here and, you know, Tom Petty's above reproach but apparently not because i'm gonna say tom petty what the fuck's your problem why is this whoa. 15 tracks whoa coming for tom <laughs> 15 petty. how coming about how about petty. a fucking edit hey hey rick rubin how about instead of like staring in the mirror and looking at your stupid beard you say tom tough talk time hey mike campbell <laughs> come here buddy your stupid curly hair let me tell you something this album's got to get to 12 tracks make some cuts bitch that's what I would do as a producer. You missed and your calling. Please quit your job tomorrow and become a record producer. <laughs> Tom Petty would have said, put some shoes on, hippie, and go work for the Beastie Boys. <laughs> so you're saying if I went up to Tom Petty and said, make some cuts, bitch, it wouldn't go over well. Probably not. <laughs> One of the most cantankerous <laughs> rock stars of all time. Probably wouldn't fucking jive with that. All right, here's um, maybe my favorite Tom Petty rock song, R-A-W-K, rock. All right, here we go. The little number we call Give Me Some Sugar, Little Honey, Natural Bee. Some songs, there's a lot to like uh, look into and read into the lyrics. But to me, this is just like a straightforward, old-fashioned rock song about a guy who's like into his girl 
and he's like, you know, just singing about it, singing to be into his woman, and he wants his girl. Is this one? Of, is this the song that Dave Grohl sat in on SNL and fucking yep. just blew the doors off when he opened with that? Bah, 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 bah. Is it? Is this that song? Yeah, this is it. it is. It's, God, as the dude. legend goes, as the legend goes on the uh, that great Tom Petty um, documentary, which I think you can get on Netflix right Peter now. Peter Bogdanovich. Um, this was after. Um, Kurt Cobain died, and they uh, at the same time the Heartbreakers. Petty had fired Stan Lynch, the longtime drummer, so they were touring and promoting Wildflowers, but they didn't have a, a drummer uh, until about a year later. They found a guy that was with the band for the rest of the way, uh, but they were using rotating guys, and they asked Dave Grohl for the SNL performance, and we've talked about it on the show, but he he hits the drum so loud, two things happen. Something falls from the rafters, uh, something that was up there, and you could see it coming down. And you actually could see, I think it's Mike Campbell, the lead guitarist, turn around and look back at Dave Grohl like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, because obviously in the rehearsals at uh, Studio 8H, he wasn't going that hard. But in the live setting, Grohl, who's one of the great drummers of all time, uh, just cut loose. And it was not your typical heartbreakers uh drum performance and his hair is flying his hair is flying his hair is flying everywhere he's just putting on a show and i think they asked him to be the permanent drummer after that he did and he considered it and he considered it so there's an alternate universe where the foo fighters never happen because dave Grohl just becomes tom petty's drummer i think it would happen because foo fighters even the first album did we do the first album bob no we did color in the shape all right uh, that was he played every instrument on the first album. So I think he was going to drop that eventually, but it would have changed kind of the trajectory of his career in terms of the timing of everything at the very least, because he would have been out on the road with Petty. Uh, but yeah, this is just a great fucking rock song. Yeah, it's really which people good. don't usually connect with. But if you're not like a hardcore fan of Tom Petty, you don't really think of him as like a, a kind of a rock guy. He's more like a melodic pop rock dude, but this is this is good rock music. This reminds me of Mud Crutch, you know. I was going to say that. Yeah, this is very Mud yeah. Crutchy. Yeah. yeah, that's a good call. All right, and yes, check out that. I think you could find that uh, SNL performance on uh, YouTube. And for you the record, my and, my favorite Tom Petty R A W K uh, rock song is his cover, one of the only covers he ever did uh, on an album of change the locks by lucinda williams oh that's great that yep. is so good that's one of my favorite that's a great ones. one yeah is that that's from uh, she's the one i believe so yep that's on she's the one that i'm with you bob that would be if i had to put three um it would definitely be honeybee i think uh, you wreck me i think would qualify in that category and i love Change the locks, and they all came out within what a couple of years of each other. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. A lot of these change songs- the locks yep. is the song that made it impossible for him to win a Grammy for best soundtrack because he didn't write that song. Whoa! Yeah, he he was like they they really wanted to be because that was a fantastic Tom Petty album, um, one of the best yeah. I would say. Uh, Walls is on that fucking album. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but because he did a cover for that movie. He got fucked. That's stupid. Yeah, that's such a bummer. That's dumb. Dumb rule. All right, up up next, don't fade on me. Another quiet kind of vibey song. I remember you so clearly The first one through the door 
And I return to find you drifting too far from the shore. I remember feeling this way. You can lose it without knowing. You wake up and you don't notice which way the wind is blowing. Don't fade. No, don't fade on me. I would be shocked if this song was not inspired by Nick Drake. Do you, hmm. do you hear that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could hear that. I'm I sure just Nick hear Drake Nick was Drake's a dude that he was into. Right? They kind of, well, he predated, or Nick Drake was came of age around late, six, late 60s, early 70s, right? Mm -hmm. So that would be something that you could imagine a young Petty, as he was getting into the business, definitely would have been into, for sure. Yeah. Cool song. It's the first song on the album that I don't think I've ever put on a mix. Hmm. Of all of my mixes in all of the world, most of which have Tom Petty songs. This is the first one I don't think has ever showed up anywhere. Well, we know what's going on in the mix now, don't we? Oh, God damn you. <laughs> Jason Zumwalt, who by default has the power to pick a song for the Throwback Podcast playlist. Uh Throwing down it's the almost gauntlet. like he'd be like, kind of like trying to stick it to you or something in a way. In a weird way, it's kind of like a vengeance move to put this song on. <laughs> Don't do and that. I wouldn't Jay. put it past All right. Yeah. Here we go. Up next, hard on me. Takes all I got to hold on till tomorrow, and you wanna make it hard. All right, one of my favorite things to do, mostly because it gets Bob mad, is to share snippets of album reviews from one of the great contemporary rock critics, Stephen Thomas Erlewine of AllMusic.com. I'm, I'm out. You guys, you guys finish <laughs> up without me. Here is here. what he had to say about Wildflowers. First of all, he rated it four and a half out of five stars. Under the guidance of producer Rick Rubin, Tom Petty turns in a stripped-down, subtle record with Wildflowers. Coming after two albums of Jeff Lynne-directed Bombast. Great word there by STW. What's his name? Yeah. Um, the very sound of the record is refreshing. Petty sounds relaxed and confident. Most of the songs are small gems, but a few are a little too laid back, almost reaching the point of carelessness. I wonder if he's referring to this middle section of the record. I would imagine he is, which I don't totally disagree with. Um, never, nevertheless, the finest songs match the quality of his best material, making Wildflowers one of Petty's most distinctive and best albums. Is this your favorite Petty album, boys? Or is it in your top three, top five, top ten? Where's it rank for you guys? For me, it's Damn the Torpedoes, Wildflowers, and She's the One. I like that you have She's the One so high. It's so it's good. Interesting. 
How about you, Bob? Well, I think Tom Petty is famously kind of regarded as a singles artist more than an album artist. So it's not that that we've talked about this on the last uh, last time we talked about Petty. I don't think that's a deserved. It's almost like a, a insult it's when a you shot. say that. Yeah, it's, it's a, a shot. shot. As far as, but he has so many amazing singles. It's also in a weird way a compliment that he could fill up a greatest hits with twenty two singles uh, that you know every single one. So, right. for me at least, he's been an artist that I listen to the mixes and the singles and different versions of his live albums more than I go to like a damn the torpedoes or she's the one. So it's hard for me to even identify like, Oh wait, which singles were on which albums for me. But um, as far as beginning to end albums go, I think this one achieved the thing that he was kind of missing in a lot of them, which is that feel the whole way through. Like, I and think I think these middle, a yeah, very specific kind of feel from beginning to end. Yeah, and that this middle section, I think uh, this is a bit of a lost art uh, with because albums aren't kind of consumed in the way they used to be. But Petty was going for something here. It's not a coincidence that the album was front loaded with all those big singles. And then he goes into this middle section, which is much more subdued and laid back. And I kind of like when albums kind of go into those places uh, and and take a. Uh, a bit of a detour before ramping back up again, which I believe this this album does with the next song. For me, it's weird. Like, um, Jay, you mentioned "Damn the Torpedoes." For me, like the early part of his catalog, I'm more hits oriented. Petty, uh, which is probably just out of sheer laziness. Really, I've never given the albums uh, the spins they deserve to really like fall in love with the deep cuts. But really, everything from Full Moon Fever on. I'm an album lover of Petty. So I love Full Moon Fever as an album. Uh, Into the Great Wide Open, eh, not as much, although, although the singers singles are great. But I love Wildflowers. She's the one. I love Echo in 97, which I think is an underrated album. I may replace She's the one with Echo. Yeah, we talk a lot about living in the uh, post show house in Hollywood. Echo was the album that we were playing <laughs> yeah. on repeat. Like we I listened mean, to that room at the a top a lot. Yes. Room at the top. I mean, top. how often was oh, room good. at the top played in our house? <laughs> so um, yeah. And that hit us too at like, I think, I think um, one of our big deals kind of disappeared. And then that album kind of like reared its, you know, beautiful head in our lives. And I think for a while it was just the soundtrack of kind of like doom in some ways, but like beautiful well, it was, doom. It was Tom Petty's divorce album, so it was really yeah. like the divorce of our dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really All right, here's was. Cabin Down Below. So nice and low-key for about three tracks, and now it starts to ramp up. Down below. Well, 
This is this is one of those songs. This is one of those songs where when you listen to the Tom Petty station on Sirius and they replay his old broadcasts, this is one of those songs where you could like hear his influences. Like I feel like you really get to know Tom Petty when you listen to those because he's talking about like what got him to this, like the sound. And this song yeah. to me sounds like one of those like an homage to like the music he loved. Like CCR, you know, yeah. I can hear CCR in there. Like, That's like cool. the box, like the box tops and CCR. It's like all of that music that was influencing him over the years. And yeah. I remember, um, went to, I went to one in New York and one in LA, but, uh, one of those, um, tributes to Tom Petty and then all these local bands, uh, for the most part, but some national guys are like a drum, like Fabrizio from the Strokes uh, showed up at the one in L.A. And everybody plays a cover of a Petty song. And I remember the backing band was the Cabin Down Below band. It's a pretty good backing band name. It's pretty good. It's good job by them. I saw Jacob Dylan at a Petty Fest concert. He played, oh, man, American Girl, I think. Dude, I might have been at that because I went to one. I went to one me? in Manhattan. I, I big. I think Big Al or my cousin, who's a huge uh, Petty fan, and my I, my brother might have went. And there's somebody else. Maybe it was you. No, no, no I don't think so. Because I went with Danny, and he was uh, his band was playing in it. Oh no, I was at that with you too. That was the L.A. one. I thought you were talking about New York. No, I no, remember no. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. You were you I were remember. there. Okay. Cool. Sweet. Oh yeah, I remember that. Wasn't that when the, the the cast at the uh, of the sitcom, TBS sitcom Men at Work were a band? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Two two of the four leads uh, were in a band. Yes. The less said, the better. <laughs> on that performance, but it was fun. In the words <laughs> of Tom Petty. In the words of Tom Petty, it's time to move on. Time to get going. By the way, if um, Dan was producing this album. Old Dan Rubin, the uh, the Iron Teddy Bear, would be yelling around this part of the album, just like "Get it together." I I know what I would trim, and I think this right here would be a B side. Let's listen to "Find a Friend." I mean, who are we to complain about the length of the Petty album when this podcast is going to be two hours long? <laughs> it's fun. What, we, what, what, what else are people? What else are we all doing? Yeah, for sure. I, you know what? I like this song a lot. Also. Me too. I like it. It's a beautiful song. It's hard to find a friend. You know, you get the feeling that these are the songs that, like, Petty could roll out of bed and write in 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, this, this, so easy, this in a dream. These songs. Right. It just, it was like something, even not, it didn't even have to be, like, a good day for him creatively. Just, like, this is what he could do on like an average Thomas Earl Petty day. He just roll out of his bed in Malibu and knock this out. It was like, oh, I have one of the middle tracks on the album. And Rick Rubin would be like, great, man. What As much as you can put on the album is fine with me. 
Bucking he had to come up with the chorus while he was applying hemorrhoid cream. Dad, oh, oh, no. be free. Uh, Jay. <laughs> Jay, we don't joke like that about Tom. <laughs> Nikki, uh, everybody gets hemorrhoids. <laughs> it's tough, tough living on the road like that, you know? It's too much starch. <laughs> Ridiculous comment. Uh, this is a uh, a nice song. Like this one. All right, let's move on. Let us move on, boys. We got to keep rolling. Like I said, fifteen tracks. Here is a higher place. funny like this sounds like a soundtrack song to me like this belongs on she's the one totally. and i know i read something at some point where it was a few of these songs were leftovers from the she's the one soundtrack. Yes. i'm curious if this is one of them because it just this feels like something you would put in ed burns movie it's like the hot girls moving out of her apartment song yes exactly packing it all up <laughs> and, and she's leaving keep, her problems behind do i keep it this the one's big a keeper. City, I'll take it on. <laughs> I never and saw I'll that movie. Forget about him. I never saw that movie. It's not good. Ed Burns is not good. Yeah. I remember though in 90, uh, 94, 95, thinking Ed Burns was super hot. He was. He was a very well, good looking product guy. of the town we we grew up in. Yeah, that's true. If, if you grew up in Pearl River, where like all the girls just like pine for hot Irish looking guys. Yeah. Um, Ed Burns was kind of like the masculine ideal because he was tall and uh had the handsome irish features but then also like he had that gruff voice so he was masculine as well and it was just like that was the guy and he would cast that himself was the guy opposite. that all the women wanted yep and he would cast himself opposite jennifer aniston and cameron diaz and you're like oh man this guy's it <laughs> and i mean let's give him credit maybe not a great filmmaker jay although he did have his moment in the sun, of course, with the brothers McMullen, and I guess that's it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, he did get Tom Petty to provide the entire soundtrack to one of his somewhat shitty movies. That's he quite a hell of a run. Movie. And he's in fucking he's in Saving Private Ryan. You know, his he's best great work in that, is Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, he does awesome work in that. Um, all right, let's move on to House in the Woods. As we head toward the back end of Wildflowers. Here we go. Here we go. 
You know, I should mention, because this was news to me, A Higher Place, the last song we listened to, was the final single released on the album. How about that? Really? Really? Yeah. That was, according to Wikipedia, Fuck you. Least, it was, Fuck you. you don't know how it feels. <laughs> Fuck you. Shut the you fu- wrecked me. Fuck you. It's good to be king and A Higher Place for the four singles on the album. I've said my piece. And I'm pretty uh, sure that, okay, go ahead. I know. I was just gonna say I don't need this song. I don't need no. This, this is an no. easy cut for me. Yeah, easy. I'm already. At, I think I'm already at twelve. Already, I think I've cut three songs from this album. Don't, don't do that. Don't give damn what he yes, wants. Yes, Jay. Just yes. No, because Jay side, is embracing logic. Side with the artist, not the podcaster. He's on the side of the winner. No, because the artist Rubin, is too, it's too the good. Guy is a little masturbatory, man. Like he just, you know, I love him. I do. He's got a great podcast, um, uh, Broken Record. Have you guys ever listened to it? No, you so sound like a broken record. Keep going. <laughs> it's a great podcast, but he just kind of lingers, man. You know, like he just lets the artists do whatever they want, and you know, I think confines in 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 um in uh creative work is a good thing sometimes wait rick rubin has a podcast yeah with um malcolm gladwell the guy's yeah. not too busy come on i know Rob, right I it's have a fantastic two podcasts. podcast you guys would love it it's uh it's all about music yeah, obviously we're the kind of people record. that should have we're the kind of people that should have podcasts he feels like he should be doing better things than this but think about think about like the life of a successful mega producer you work constantly for a couple months and then you take like three years off and then you pick up another project. Then you take a month off, six months off, a year off. The man has more money than God. Right. I mean, so you imagine he probably has more. I bet he has way more free time, spare time than you would think at this stage of his life. I think he's in his 60s at this time. He literally he never wears ripping out shoes. The pods. Never he doesn't wear shoes ever. No, it's always barefoot. Just gross. What about, I, what about, I what about when he's like at the the Westfield Galleria? Hey, guy, he's never there. He'll never be there. Okay, he's Rick Rubin. They like they'll like if he's there, they'll like helicopter him in so he can get drop down and get his iPhone fixed, and then they'll helicopter him great. back out. That is a great visual, Jay. <laughs> Rick Rubin be coming down on like a cable wire in front oh, of the Apple Store. <laughs> I like Smash him going there. To get, Rick. I want him to go there to go to like Hot Topic though, just to get like a Funko Pop. I'm here for. Did you see Rick Rubin in the Hot Topic? Yeah, All right, here's one uh, one of my favorites on the album, "Crawling Back to You."
waiting by the side of the road for day to break so we could go down into Los Angeles with dirty hands and worn out knees. Ooh, I keep crawling back to you. I love this song. I just feel like all the everything is in its right place with the song. Like the the, the sound of the, the the music, where everything comes in, his voice, the lyrics. It's just a really nice song, and it's to me, it's a bit of a, a minor crime to buried at track fourteen of fifteen. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites on the album, and I have There's, a very specific memory of this when we moved to LA. Um, I think Dan, it was before you got there. We would take, you know, the three of us, me, Brian, and Jason moved out together, and we had one car, and that was it. And we would some nights just drive around just to like get a feel for where we were now, coming from New York. And we would drive into like Bel Air and Beverly Hills and just drive through the neighborhoods and play Tom Petty. And I remember like driving Perfect. in Bel Air with this blasting out of Brian's car. I think I was sitting in the back. You guys were in the front. At least two of us were stoned. And it was like, this is California. And I remember this song playing. And it was like a very like, this is it. It was like the wind rushing through the windows. It was kind of perfection. So very happy memory with this song. Should have been the last single. It was me and my sidekick He was drunk and I was sick We were caught up in a barroom fight Till an Indian shot out the lights I'm so tired of being tired Sure as night will follow day Most things I worry about Never happened anyway. Oh, come on. I keep I'm, I'm with you, Jay. How is this not a single? And how is this so far back in the album? Because, I mean, even in 1994, how many people are going to listen to an entire album and hear this song? I feel like it's deserved a better fate in the track sequencing. I don't know, man. It's just, it's such a good album. And it's just, it's, it's so perfectly uh, fit in this album, you know? It, it, I always have a problem with people calling him a, a singles artist. It's such a bummer that he got that rap, you know? Cause I think all, one of, one of the worst album albums of his, I thought was kind of uneven. And it's one of my favorite albums of his is actually Echoes. Because there's like there's certain songs in that where you're like, oh, this has a theme. It's all sticking to the theme. And then every once in a while, it's like, but no, I have to try and go for it a little bit. And I have to try and like make a make a hit song. You know, it didn't feel organic, I guess. But this song, it's just so in the heartbeat and the rhythm of this of this album. Ah, oh, man, it, it, it's it's just perfect. Um, all right. One last song. Oh really? Wow. And uh, yeah, it is my. Uh, as you know, Bob, I love it. I love uh, going out on a contemplative note. Here is wake up time. 
Like, I just remember listening to these songs at the Hollywood house in front of the fire. This is what all these songs make me think of. And what's in there waiting? Neither one of us knows. You gotta keep one eye open. The further you go, you never dream you'd go down one knee. But now. Could have seen you'd be so hard to please somehow. You feel like a poor boy, a long way from home. You're just a poor boy, a long way from home. Oh. Let's wake up, John. Oh, I love that. Love that. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, wow. How great. Man. Can we pick three songs from this? I, I mean, that could have that could have been track one. Like that's a great everything uh, about that song is beautiful. Um, yeah, Jason, you have one of the hardest jobs. But before yeah. you make your decision of adding one song to the throwback podcast playlist, Bob, we have some uh, business to attend to, don't we? Well, I mean, first and foremost, we have to thank everybody who keeps this podcast alive, who yes. makes it possible that we could be in three separate garages on three separate microphones recording this podcast and bring in A-list talent like Nikki Glazer to uh You're to assuming all this works, but you know, let, I'll assume it as well for now. Let's assume it worked. And <laughs> thank you to everybody. You know who you are on patreon.com slash throwback pod you guys are the best everybody that kicks in two dollars a month six dollars a month to vote in polls and we're going to be redoing some of the tiers above that just for shits and giggles we want to give you guys some more content especially now during these covid days where we're stuck at home let's do it so let's make it interesting thank you guys uh for doing this for keeping this afloat thank you to courtney and wyatt and bruno the sponsor our top tier sponsors you guys are the best thank you to Dan, I don't know if you know this, but we recently got a new celebrity Patreon contributor. Have you heard about this? No. Boy, bigger? No, bigger. Christopher Walken himself is now contributing on patreon.com slash throwback. Wow. All right. I think we have speaking of special guests. We got Chris Walken on with us right now. Chris, thank you so much. I, you know, I don't want to sound uh, an ageist, but you're getting up there in years, and I just didn't think you were – uh, plugged into podcasts, let alone the pay structure of a thing like Patreon. Guys, I want you to know I'm stuck here in New York, living it out the COVID dream, screaming Black Lives Matter out my ninth story window. Nobody can hear me except the pigeons, but I think they get it. And I want you to know this podcast has gotten me through some very dark times. And you know, when I say dark times, I'm talking about Russian roulette deer hunter style. Dark times. 
And I just, I really want, I want you to consider, I've put out an album recently. It's nothing but tap sounds from me around the linoleum in my kitchen. Tappity tap, tappity tap. And I'm tapping out the Star Spangled Banner, get down on one knee calling. I'm tapping out some old Blue Eyes Sinatra songs. I'm tapping out some Jimi Hendrix tunes. Think about it. It's a great listen. And I'd love to do the show. And I'm just saying, if if Rick Rubin has a podcast, why doesn't Christopher Walken? That's it. That's all. <laughs> it's like if, if you could get in touch with Walken's people and be like, we know Chris is not going to do a podcast, but I'll do it. And you just, you know, you put it out under his name and you pay me for it. And I'll be a silent partner. I'll be the, the guys that sang for Millie Vanilli. I don't give a fuck. I'll just take the guap. And then all of a sudden, walking as a whole new generation of millennial fans. I think that is what is I'm not trying to tell you how to make your money, Jay, but that seems like a pretty fail proof idea. Well, you know, it, it just so happens that I have the, the best connections in the biz. So I think I can make that happen. <laughs> AKA my manager who won't return my calls. <laughs> Things are going well. Jay. All right, Jason Zumwalt, uh, you uh, have dominated as well, just like Nikki, and we're so happy to have you. But now you have the most important job of the show, and it's to pick out of those 15 tracks. And just since since we're here, Jay, what were the three tracks you, you would eliminate to knock it down to 12? Okay. I'm just curious. All right, I would have to go with To Find a Friend, House in the Woods, and oh man, maybe it was only two. Now that I'm looking at all these, we can live with wrong. I think it's only two. Yeah. Okay. We can those are probably the ones I lose. You can eliminate those two, and we like to typically, Jay, as you know, you've been on the show enough times now. Uh, we don't like to go too on the nose, but also we don't get like to get too cute and say, you know, pick a song just because. Oh, I can't believe they chose this over you know well-known single A. So. You know, again, a big decision you have here, Jay. And what are you going to come down with? Also, no well, pressure, but I think there's one right answer. And if you get it wrong, I'll never forgive you. <laughs> I'm definitely going to get it wrong. I know what Bob's thinking. Bob and I are on the same wavelength. Let's see if Jay is as well. All right. I'm definitely not, guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm Because I, like, I, when, I, when I look at these songs, and I, they're, all, they're all perfect and they're all wonderful, but there's one that's just speaking to me in my uh and my can, is that can you hear the helicopter no okay there's one that is just speaking to me in my covid loins right now because uh it's been it's been very sexy at the zumwalt house uh in quarantine and i you know, think i got that a lot jay dude <laughs> jane has been like under this is a thing. This is like a thing. yeah She's she's uh she's she's hiding in closets at this point. She's just like that poor yeah, girl alone. I know, and she's so small too. She's only five foot, and I'm just like a giant man, and I just I just jump on her. It's just I just I just yeah. picture it like yeah, the opening kids, of a, a job. It's like the Inglorious Bastards opening, where she's like under the floorboards, and you're walking around looking for her. That's all I picture. <laughs> Drinking warm goat's milk, <laughs> explaining to someone in a different language what I'm going to do to my wife. And like Jay, Jay, like the, like the Nazi and Inglorious Bastards, knows she's under the floorboards the whole time and is yep. just fucking playing mind games with her. Jay will get what he wants. And when I finish, I scream, "Wunderbar!" 
Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. So it's something sexual. I think I know where this is going, Jay. Your honey selection bee. is Honeybee. Honeybee. All it's right. Badass song. Now, I want to know what you guys were thinking. What were you thinking? Right. Oh, it was definitely uh, the penultimate track. Yeah, the right answer was Crawling Back to You. That was the one. Yeah. But that's fine. That's not our job. It's not our decision to make. The decision is <laughs> this the is guest a great to song. make. And fucking my wife in quarantine. <laughs> oh, now you've just made it worse. Oh, that poor woman. Um, before we go, I, I do need to say that uh, we got a text from Nikki Glazer right after she left. And thank you to Nikki for coming on tonight. That was super Yeah, fun. that was awesome. That was awesome. But this might so be the ultimate endorsement of the throwback pod that we should probably put on a poster. I feel like I came from laughing so hard, Nikki Glazer. God oh, damn. We had to put that on. We had to put that somewhere. Anybody wants that needs to be there. I think, you Anybody know what? After it's okay if we can make that our new like subhead uh, on our Twitter profile. That feels like a bio, <laughs> if nothing else. So. <laughs> wow so all right well thank you nikki that's you know nikki is one of our great friends going back years and years so uh nikki glazer thank you uh jason zumwalt thank you buddy it's great, great to, see to see you guys a beautiful face yeah it's awesome to see you guys nice talking to you and, and one day we will meet again well either in this I, life I, or the uh, next we, we've been thinking about something we're i'm gonna we'll text about it all right we'll take that offline bob yeah that seems like an offline kind of comment Good to see you, Bob. Good to see you, Dan. See you. Good yeah. to see you soon. It was nice. This was fun. All right. We'll be back in two weeks with another show. Until then, Tom Petty, take it us take us away. And Jane, run for your life. <laughs> <laughs>